Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. You sound like you're a little under the weather. I sound so sick. You sound like you've gone through like 10 boxes of Kleenex. I've gone through two boxes of Kleenex in three days, so I don't know if I'm getting better, but I'm definitely not getting worse. All right. Well, we have a car ride coming up to Thanksgiving, and Close we're going to ride down with the windows wide open. Going to cough loud. Uh, I would like to say, because we haven't announced this yet, we are now a part of the Loudspeakers Network. Burr, 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 burr. Shout out to Reggio Say. You guys know him as Combat Jack. Shout out to Chris Morrow. Shout out to you all the good people. You know Chris Morrow. You know, shout out to all the good people over at Loudspeakers Network. We are thrilled to be over there, and hopefully this leads to bigger things for this podcast. In the meantime, though... Yeah, you can always subscribe to our podcast. Just search for Tax Season. No. We are on <laughs> iTunes. We are on SoundCloud cloud tax season all the time i think the most important thing is that people do subscribe to the podcast yes tax season i think that people should session. go to dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh, itunes and search for a waste of time with it's the real go to soundcloud.com slash a waste of time it's really important that you subscribe rate comment it does wonders for making this podcast a bigger thing so you can always watch our episode with meek mill we are riding around in a wraith with the stars in the ceiling. Man, we are just... We're, we're killing it. We are team players right now. Just loudspeakers Network, Taxstone, Combat Jack. A waste of time with It's The Real. Jeff, who do we have on our podcast today? Today we have Angela Yee. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay, we, it got confusing. Okay. Angela Yee is definitely on this podcast right here. Yes. If you listen in about 30 seconds, you are absolutely going to hear Angela Yee. Be there. Well, now you make it sound like we're lying. No, 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 no. For real. Angela Yee is coming up on this podcast. It might not be Angela Yee. It's definitely Angela Yee on this podcast. Jeff, when you want to get into it? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Ride or Die, a.k.a. The Movie Speak. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Buckshot Shorty, a.k.a. Bambi. Um, hey, what's up? I'm Angela Yee. Yeah, and this is a waste of time with It's The Real. <laughs> 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 Angela, what's happening? I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. <laughs> Welcome back. asking us if we woke up just now. <laughs> I'm like, did you guys just wake up? No, we just were doing lines of cocaine That's in the right, back. yeah, yeah. We're yeah. very ready to go. So you should be really hyped. No, last time I came here, yes. I know um, it was just us. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, because Jeff was knocked out. Yeah, well, I had I had salmonella five years ago. It was a bummer. You had salmonella? Yeah, that was the whole reason. But you've recovered, right? It's been five years. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, wow. before we get into everything, there's cameras in our apartment. I and, see. And we should say that this is for fullscreen.com slash it's the real yes where you can watch all of our episodes a week earlier than anywhere else in the internet yeah you can watch this episode with angela you can watch the one with charlamagne when he was here you can watch the one with angie martinez we're just you know okay everybody people way, that are related yeah. to we're working yeah. our okay. way to dj envy that's the <laughs> last the last cog in the wheel well you did send us some payola so that should help yeah so okay so you did receive it yeah okay so we have this new single I was like, out. oh hide this <laughs> we have a new single out called dave matthews bands and mm-hmm. part of what we were doing was running around the city to give this promo package around to a lot of people that we trust and it looks like a brick of money yeah it does yes i was excited so the first but the but the first stop we the first (laughs) really bummed out the first stop we made was at power 105 yeah and uh payola capital yeah i'm kidding i'm kidding no one does that (laughs) g-spin said that, that, that that we got the whole building shook 
Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. But Charlemagne so did put us. it on his, his on his Instagram. Right. So you guys received it. I got a little nervous. I you was laughed. like, <laughs> I said, um, I don't know if I should because I don't want anybody to think this is real. Because once you put it on Instagram, then the comments, you know, people would be like, oh, you guys take payola. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. And people believe it. Yeah, but then you get, you know, a little bonus for the holiday season. <laughs> That's true. Who's brought the biggest group of people to Power 105? Um, I'm trying to think. Who has brought the biggest group of people? I don't know. I, I'm trying to think. We did a podcast one time um, for, Billboard. for Billboard where Master P came through. And look, honestly, he was the only one that we wanted to talk to. You mm-hmm. know, we wanted to talk about like classic No Limit stories, all this stuff. And he brought about like 15 uh, other his new artists. Yeah, 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 yeah all of them. Yeah, he, br- he brought them to our interview too. <laughs> but I feel we've definitely had more people than what Master P. Master P might have had like four people with him mm-hmm. when we did it. But, you know, people tend to... I don't even notice it because sometimes people bring so many. That I, like I walk out of the room, I don't know who's with who. Right. Because sometimes we'll have like three interviews in one day, so I don't even know who's with who. So I walk out and there's like thirty people in the <laughs> lobby area. I don't know who came with who. I'm sure. just like, hi everybody. <laughs> <laughs> then off to your trailer. Right. And then if you tell me like I met you at the station, you might have. I don't know. There's so <laughs> many people that come all the time. Are you good at remembering people? No. <laughs> are, you, are, you good at, are you good at pretending that you I'm met people? I'm excellent at that. And you know what? I hate people coming to me and they're like, hey, remember me? And like, I don't want to say no because it feels wrong. So you're like, oh my God, yes. And they're like, from where? Yeah. Oh, they challenge <laughs> you? happens to me all the time. Don't challenge me. That's so weird. And, and then I go, oh my God, let me think. Let me think. I can't remember. <laughs> but I definitely know you. Right, right, mm-hmm. right, right. You don't just yes. run. Yeah. <laughs> but some people, I mean, I, listen, I don't even assume that people know me. When, really? Yeah, when I see people, I'm like, hi, I'm Angela. They're like, oh my God, I know who you are. But I never assume that people know who I am. Well, where's the weirdest place that you've been recognized and challenged as to, you know? It happens to me like all, at least three or four times a week. Like in the supermarket? like Yeah, people come up to me and know me in the supermarket. I know the supermarket in my house, um, one of the guys that works there, he's also a photographer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he'll be like, oh yeah, I did pictures at, you know, and now I do know him. Because <laughs> he keeps saying hi for the record, right? <laughs> Right. But I remember He's the one. Guy from the yogurt aisle. <laughs> yeah, one woman got like really mad that I didn't recognize. People get offended. And um, I don't mean any harm by it, but people do get offended. Right. They're like, I'm your cousin. And you're right. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like for you guys, I know I've seen you for the long. I don't know who. Yeah, no which one's right? Yeah, 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 I'm Eric, and that's Jeff. Yeah, I'm yeah. the one that wears the glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> curly hair. So, but uh, that's how I remember. It. You, uh, and I do let a little tricks to remember. Like mm-hmm. Jeff, I remember is the taller one because the J <laughs> mm-hmm. is taller, like a taller. You know, that's not a the, thing. No, <laughs> that's <laughs> how I remember it. And I'm then, just glad you don't walk to us and be able, like, like, oh, it's the and real. you're like a lowercase e. Right. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, I feel like most people that we talk to probably don't know who which is which. You think so? Yeah, I know you're like you're kidding, but I feel like a lot of people probably don't. Well, do you remember when like the clips started like getting to be a real household name and people were like, I can't tell which one is Push which when they're rapping. Malice. Yeah. But and I feel like we get that a little bit now too. When you guys like, rap, I, I can't tell. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dave Matthews bands, go get that right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're born and raised in Brooklyn? Mm-hmm. Where in Brooklyn? I was born at Mamadi's Hospital, if you want to know. But um, yeah, I'm from ow. Flatbush. I'm from Flatbush. I live in Best Eye now. Okay. So. So you've changed. I've, yeah, you know, I made a little bit of a move. We didn't really mess with Best Eye when I was growing up, but now. Right. Was it was so, it really no. territorial like that? No, I, I don't, it wasn't that I didn't mess with it. It's just that I wasn't that familiar with it. Because mm-hmm. you know, when you're young, you don't really leave your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. So I was never comfortable anywhere outside of there. And then I remember that I went to private school when I was in sixth grade you in did. Bay, in Bay Ridge. Mm-hmm. 
which is a complete different. Well, how yeah. long a commute was that? In, in seventh grade, actually, um, really far, like on the like an hour on the train. If I took the train, it was about an hour. Damn. And even on the bus, because we had like a yellow cheese bus, mm-hmm. that was like a 45-minute ride because it's all the way by Staten Island. When did you start taking the train by yourself? Um, Probably when I was in like seventh grade. Wow. Sixth, seventh, yeah, really young. When did you start selling candy on the train by yourself? <laughs> Never. <laughs> but I took the bus by myself from when I was in elementary school to school. Like the, like um, the city bus? Yeah. Where were you going? To school. Oh. I, t- I would take the public bus to school every day. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother. And um, I would always leave him because I was like, I'm not walking with you. So, <laughs> so yes, he was taking the bus by himself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I would not get on the bus and I would start walking to school and then I'd get there by lunchtime. Sorry. Wait. Wait. <laughs> it takes you an hour by train, 45 minutes by bus. And how long to walk? Well, this was in elementary school before I went to private school. But it was a long while. I would just sometimes I would pick up my friend. Her name was Tanya on the way. She lived by the bus stop. Yeah. So we start walking, and then we'd be like, "Let's not get on the bus yet." And then we would just <laughs> just never get on the bus. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to clear your head as a, <laughs> yeah. as a fourth grader, you know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then, then the we would show up. up. It'd be lunchtime. They'd be outside in the playground, and we're like, "All right, perfect." <laughs> what was it like transitioning from public school to private school? Like, it was weird because I grew up in Flatbush, so I went to public school. That's PS two thirty five, where learning is alive, <laughs> and. So when I went to school there, I didn't know any white people except my teacher. And then my one of my teachers had twins that mm-hmm. went to school with us, too. So it was like the only two white kids in the whole school, these twins. And, and they, they looked the same. And they all were, white people. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were the twins. Same. Yeah. They, they did look the same. Yeah. <laughs> but they used to ride horses. I remember that. And they always had what? like, yeah. How long so they were like really white. <laughs> yeah, they were like they were. the whitest people. I was like, what is going on? You're like, I take the bus to school. They're like, we ride Saddleback. <laughs> and I remember they had like these shirts, these long sleeve like raglan shirts with their names on it with two horses on each one. And I'd just be like, who are you? That, uh, yeah, who are you? But wait, anyway, wait, wait, what was their last name? Was it black? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> but I remember they were like Sarah Beth and something jesus christ uh-huh. right did, did so you just call them the twins they were the yeah they uh, were the twins Jeff and Eric. They yeah. horses. <laughs> <laughs> so after that i left to go to um i was in prep for prep which is like this program that takes kids from the urban inner cities and is you have to do all these tests to get in like iq tests whatever and they put you in private school mm-hmm. and they like prepare you for eight, going education to Michael Jackson's and, house, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i ended up going to poly prep Okay. In Brooklyn, and it was like a big transition from being around all kids and not knowing any white people to being like one of the only black people. Wow. Right. So I was like super weird. It was weird because everybody was like, it was all Italian and Jewish kids and, and poly prep. Boys so, and girls? Yeah. Okay. What did they introduce you to? Because like that's like a totally separate world to you. Mm-hmm. So was it like, oh, like deli sandwiches and you're like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> it was more like i i played a lot of sports when i went to poly because they were so big on sports and we had like a huge campus it had a baseball field tennis court a duck pond yeah. football a duck field. Pond? yeah it had a duck pond where was this and it's in uh, brooklyn and bay, in, um, bay ridge did you feed the ducks no like, i did like, oh. <laughs> but it was like a That's totally a different thing. experience yeah. from being in a school where it was like a concrete playground where yeah. all we did was play you know jump rope and handball right so school school uniforms too no we had a dress code but no uniforms what was the dress code the dress code was if you were a um grown and sexy (laughs) if you wore pants hard bottom shoes as a woman as if you wore pants you had to wear a shirt with a collar Mm -hmm. but then if you wanted to wear um, a shirt without a collar you had to wear a skirt Hmm. 
something did, like did that. Did they? Did you have like casual Fridays or anything like that? No, like, never dressed down. No, it was wow. never dressed down. And so yeah, that was the dress code. But I guess it was just different for me. The classes were a lot smaller, mm-hmm. and we had a lot more freedom. Like we would have, we had a um, a lounge. So we never had that Excuse in public me. school. <laughs> yeah. So if you didn't have like, if you had like a free period, you could go hang out in the lounge and stuff like that. It was just completely. But, I mean, what different. did it matter? Because you weren't showing up to school anyway. You That's were right. busy walking. <laughs> I would not have walked there. Three that hours. was way too yeah. far. <laughs> and your brother did not go to private school? Or? He went there too. My brother oh, he was did. there. He's a year older than me. He was there first. Oh, gotcha. And my brother loved it. Like he played lacrosse. Yeah. He was doing oh, all of that stuff. Oh my gosh, real white real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. I actually left that school because I couldn't take it anymore in 10th grade. I was like, I can't take it. And I left because I really wanted to go to public school again and my brother stayed. He was not trying to yeah, get yeah. out of there. He so you went back it. to public school in 10th grade? Yes. I went back to public school but we moved to Jersey. Oh, so to- again, totally new friends. Right. So I went to school in Jersey. I didn't know not one person. Damn. And I ended up um, 10th and 11th grade going to public school. But then, again, I just wasn't going to class. And I actually almost got left back because I cut so much. Really? And my parents had no idea. They sent a letter like, she's missed 30-something days of school. If what? she misses another day, she's going to get left back. How and they were parents like, have no idea? Because they were at work. So well, I, Angela would walk to the bus stop. <laughs> yeah, I did. I used to yeah. leave the house. And so um, my parents are like, we got to send you back to private school. So I went back to school in Brooklyn for my senior year. Oh my God. Wait, was that the same private school? Or yeah. No? Okay. Back so to Polly. What did the kids say when you were like, I'm back and I'm like better than ever? That's right. <laughs> it, I mean, you did know, you they like were like a leather jacket. No, I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to go back. I'm not going to lie. Polly was like back then. It was super racist. It was really? all kinds of things happening, like racist Valentine's Day anonymous cards and not necessarily Wait, to me. Valentine's Day? Yeah, because they used to do this thing every year for valentine's day where you would be able to send cards to like whoever's homeroom it could be anonymous Mm -hmm. so i never got any but like people would get all kinds of anonymous card or it would be like um and when other schools would come to visit and play us in sports it would be like and where's go home like in the um yeah it was bad that's during that time period of course you wouldn't want to go and even by the way totally not different from how it is now (laughs) you think I mean, I feel like this it's, election has it's brought a up lot. a lot. Do you oh, spend a lot of time at, at high schools, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what do you know? <laughs> Listen, racist Valentine's Day is still you know, going on. Yeah, still going on. Still strong. Yeah. No, that's a bummer. That's a, that, that really, really sucks. Yeah, so it was... But for me, I feel like the girls would be like, oh, well, you know, you're different than the other black people because I, I was mixed, you know, with whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, no. It's just awkward because I, I still lived in Flatbush. So I would go home and nobody lived in my neighborhood. It was mm-hmm. just me. That went to this school and now I have to get on the embarrassing yellow school bus. Right. And everybody made fun of me on my block and then I go to school and I felt like this is weird to me. Damn. You know. So. so when it came time to looking at colleges, like how badly did you just want to like get away from everything? I think when I it was time to go to college, at first I was going to go to Syracuse. That was like yeah. my, orange. Yeah. That was where I really wanted to go. But then I went to visit. It was like freezing. Damn. And I said, I don't think I can <laughs> handle this. So I ended up going to Wesleyan because mm-hmm. my brother's best friend went there. And he was like, oh, I love it here. You're going to love it. Well, did you visit beforehand? I visited Wesleyan. And I visited, um, I almost went to UPenn. But then I went to visit. And my friend's um, cousin was going to Temple. So we stayed with her at Temple when mm-hmm. I went to go visit. And then... Randomly, it's Temple University, not like for all our Jewish listeners, yeah. Temple. Like, not a Temple, yeah. right. Yeah. Weekend. <laughs> yeah. We went into the um, liquor store across the street, and I'll never forget, they robbed the store while we were in there. Right. They is were, it a coincidence or is it fate? <laughs> it wasn't us. But, um, and we were young. Obviously, I shouldn't even have been in a liquor store. I don't know what we were doing. But we were in the liquor store, and the guys were actually very polite that robbed the store. They oh. told me and my friends, sorry, you ladies had to see this. <laughs> 
you know, and we were like, no problem. You what? do you. Yeah. Do you yeah, right. Carry I, I, on. Didn't, I didn't yeah. see anything. Carry on. Right, I'm out yeah. of here. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I want to go to school here. So Wait, how did it go down? Did they say like everyone like get down? And was it like you see in the movies? We were at the register and they walked in and they had a gun and they were like, OK, everybody give us your money. And I was like, oh, sh-. you know, I didn't have any anyway. But mm-hmm. they were like, oh, sorry, you ladies had to see this. Oh, and my we were God. Like, yeah, see, you're doing no problem. <laughs> Wait, did your friend who was going to buy the liquor seemingly give her money away? No, she okay. didn't. They let us. We were all women. It was three of us. They just let us go. Oh, what gentlemen. I yeah. know. You know, there's still chivalry That's still right. alive. Exactly. <laughs> at, at least in Philly, right? So so you went to visit Penn. Uh, Wait, you thought about did Syracuse. You, how did you almost like fail out of school and yet you still like, these are good schools. Well, I was a straight A student still, which was, and that was another thing my mom was like, because at the same time they were telling me that if I miss another day, I was going to get left back. Mm-hmm. I had got the principal's award for straight A's. <laughs> And, I, and they were like, okay, this is, how are you still? And I really do think that the program prep for prep I was in, because um, they taught us a lot of things that I would learn later on. Like when I went to public school in Jersey and I had to take the test to get placed, like they had me in all the advanced classes. And even when I was a sophomore, they had me in like senior advanced calculus. And after a while, there was like the next year, there was no math class for me to take because that was it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So when you're looking at schools, are you considering like what you want to do with the rest of your life at that point? I always wanted to be an English major ever since I was young because I was really big on reading and writing. Mm-hmm. Ever since I was in kindergarten, I was like, okay, <laughs> I I like I just knew I wanted to be a writer, so mm-hmm. I used to like write stuff all the time. And... Meanwhile, you're killing it in math class though, too, right? So, I yeah. was always just good in math. I don't know if it's like a stereotype, but um, <laughs> you're, you're half. <laughs> <laughs> but I was always just randomly good at math, but it wasn't anything I was interested in. Mm-hmm. I just would do well in math so were you a big reader yes okay i read like everything i still have a book club i just started i really? saw that yeah with hennessy it's not with hennessy but you know it's like reading the label on the bottle right that's it <laughs> <laughs> it is with simon and schuster Wait, okay do you drink before you read or do you while drink you read you discuss you know, while there, you read it's very sexy to have a drink while you're reading a book and relaxing at home well it depends on what you're drinking <laughs> and also depends on what you're reading <laughs> Right, that too. <laughs> you can't read Discipline and Punish and have like a drink because you won't know what's going on. Or like Popular Mechanics magazine. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I read a lot of nonfiction while I have <laughs> a double cup of Hennessy. And so, so okay, so you finally like lock into Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. Do you know, besides your brother's friend, do you know anyone else who's going there? Yeah, because a lot of people were from New York that went there. And because I was in prep for prep, a lot of prep students end up, they're like students of color, they end up going to all these like top colleges. Mm-hmm. So I knew a lot of people that were there already. And, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you knew kids from Prep for Prep? Yeah. All these racists who you went to school with? No, you... no, that was oh. Poly Prep. Oh, sorry. Prep so sorry. for Prep oh, was poly the program. Prep. <laughs> but was it anybody from Poly? I'm sure some people from Poly. Well, my brother's best friend was from mm-hmm. Poly Prep, and he went there. But I knew all his friends. And even like my first day um, when I went to Wesleyan, when I was moving in, Santi, Santi Gold, yep. yes. she was right across the hall from me. And she was the first person I met. And we were like best friends ever really? since we first met. She was moving in and I was moving in like directly across the hall. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the first thing she said to you was? She was, I remember she was hanging up a poster, a Mo Better Blues movie poster in her room. <laughs> and I was like, I peeked in, I was like, hi. And her and her sister was like, hi. Her sister went there too. Her sister was um, had just graduated. Mm-hmm. And her parents went there also. Oh, a legacy. Yeah, yeah it's a, definitely a legacy. Yeah. So I was like, hi. And they were just like, hi. And I was like, bitches. <laughs> they, didn't, they weren't like excited, like, uh, you know. So um, like then, four years of this? Yeah. <laughs> So then after that, we had like a um, we had a dorm meeting downstairs. And so we went to the meeting together because she was right across the hall. And after that, we just cut every 
meeting and partied. Her sister knew everyone, like all the older kids. Yeah. And her sister was there. So we like went to a party that night. I remember. <laughs> They're trying to do like the ice cream social and you guys are like, fuck this. Yeah, yeah we we're skipped. Gonna go sm- and then I remember we are resident. Our yeah. RA would come and like knock on the door and she would be in my room and be like, shh, shh, Because we didn't want her to know we were in there and we would be mad quiet because we were like, I don't want to go to the meeting. Yeah. Who was your freshman year roommate? I had one. We all had our own rooms. What? Yeah, the trick is, like, when you <laughs> fill out the application, you have to say things like, yeah, you know, I am um, I listen to my music really loud <laughs> and just say all kinds of crazy stuff about right. yourself. My feet stink. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then that way they won't put anybody in the room with you because they're like, oh, she's Let me a guess. problem. Let me guess. You've never done jury duty. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of it real quick. Yeah. So... You had no roommate. Right. No That's roommate. amazing. Yeah, I never had a roommate in college. Did, did Santi? No. Wow. She actually, I think initially when she first went there, she did, and she like complained. And you know, she's a legacy student. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So they oh. got her her own room real quick. <laughs> One of my friends that I'm still friends with now, she wanted a roommate because she was like, when she was growing up, she was the youngest, and all her brothers and sisters was so much older. Yeah. So she thought it'd be fun to have a roommate. Woo! <laughs> she used to have it rough. She hated having her roommate. Ah, think of all the things you missed out on. Like, like she would do things like hook up with a guy and then not come back to her room, and her roommate would call all of us like, "Have you?" Seen <laughs> and I'm like, yo, we grown. <laughs> and she would be like, oh my god, I can't believe she. So I already knew. Yeah. I was like, oh, I see you spent the night out last night. And she'd be like, oh my god, she's so annoying. <laughs> so you you go through this this process of being like away from home for the first time because mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't go to like sleepaway camp or any of that, did you? No. Okay, so this is like leaving the house like for real for the first time. It's a small campus. How do you find college to be? I loved it. I loved it my first year, and then I got bored by my second year. Like, the first year was really fun. Like, you're making your new friends. You know, you're picking these classes. You feel, like, so independent. And then by the second year, you feel like you know everybody. Right. You're like, this is so I mean, so it's also, whack. like, a really small school. Yeah, it's really small. Like, it's like and there's 2000s? a lot more women than men. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you were... Bummed out. <laughs> that was like whack, whack. And it's like all these guys that normally would be like, okay, I wouldn't look at you. You're at school. Like, me, mm, look all right. You know? Right. Like a we- like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, like a that. New York Five is like a Wesleyan 10. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It was like real thirsty on campus. <laughs> so by sophomore year, Santi had a car and my other friend Nicole had a car. So we would just leave like every weekend and be like, oh, let's go here. Let's go to Howard and go to a party. It was a long drive, but we would do it. Yeah. <laughs> We would be like, let's go to Amherst and party there, like just random other schools. Let's go to Trinity. Who had the best parties? Um. Hold on, real quick. We're just gonna pause because our friend Willie. Somebody yeah, has a nerve to clean. Yeah, yeah, doing his job. I mean, he's the only person in this building who does his job. So shout, shout out, out to, to Willie. Willie. Yeah. So you're gonna reset. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wait, so, hold on. He's eating a kind bar. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, hold on. I know. Um, where do we leave off? Oh, going down to. All the parties? All the parties? Yeah, mm-hmm. did I say uh, who had the best parties, I think, was the last question? Oh, yeah, he sure. did. Sure, so yeah. go ahead. Yeah. All right, so yeah, who had the best parties? I think Howard probably had the best parties, and Syracuse did, too. I actually, yeah. You know, it was bad, because my best friend from high school and I, we both were like, we're going to go to Syracuse together, and then I backed out. Damn. <laughs> I know, but I still went up to go party with her, and we oh, had good. a good time. It was like their spring fling thing or whatever. We had so much fun. Oh, good. One of my friends from Wesleyan, it was our first like road trip together, mm-hmm. and... <laughs> We get to the party, and I never had, like, been out with her like that. And she just started, like, she was dancing so nasty on the floor. The guys were, like, all crowded around her. I was like, oh, my God, what's going on here? And then her roommate was very worried. She was like, doo-doo brown. I was like, oh. You were like, see ya. So uh, you graduated in four years? Mm-hmm. 
And you majored in? English. English. And where did you ideally want to go from there? Well, I really thought I was going to be a writer and a photographer. That was the plan, right? So I was like, I'm going to do books and I'm going to do photography. But So when I got out of college, I was like, I'm just going to get a job temping. Right. And I was like, I just get a little temp job. So when I come home, I don't have to worry about any of that. That job lasted two days. (laughs) It was so awful. I was like, first of all, I went in there and it was like, $10 $10 an hour or something. And I was basically opening envelopes for like eight hours a day. No Very windows, yeah, no but, telephone. But for, 10, for $10 though? <laughs> Man, it was That's a awful. Come up. This is not why Angela got her college I went degree. To college. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could have written But on and I felt bad for everybody in there because everybody was miserable. And I was like, so the second day I went and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Wait, what was in the envelopes? I have no idea. I don't even remember. I just remember I had to sit there and open envelopes all day. <laughs> what was your brother doing at this point? Um, he was still at home, probably doing nothing. <laughs> I moved out before he did, you wow. know. And he was a, he went to Brown. Yeah. Whoa. Doo-doo yeah. Brown. Yeah. Yeah, he went to Doo Brown. <laughs> and my brother was like Mr. Like, my brother smokes and does all, like, he's so different than me. But he's, like, super smart. Yeah. You know, and he, but he's super smart as far as, like, he can do coding and all that stuff and, right. like, develop apps. And, yeah. He's you know. a nerd. Yeah. yeah, he's developing like 3D technology for you know what I'm saying. I'm like, what's going? I don't know. Like when I have a conversation with him, I don't know what he's talking about. Really? Yeah, I have to no idea to this day. <laughs> I'm just like, I'll be like, hey Brian, can you help me like um, fix my website? And it turns into like a whole huge thing. And you're thing. just like, forget it. Yeah. All I wanted you to do is just change the color. No, yeah. but <laughs> just want people to be able to contact me. <laughs> so. um I ended up quitting that job after two days. And randomly, like, the day that I quit, I was like, let me just go to the city. And I had put in some resumes. So I had got a call from Sony from Columbia about working in the PR department. Mm -hmm. And so I was going there, and I stopped by Wu-Tang. And I had interned at Wu-Tang before. Mm -hmm. So I was leaving my interview, and I had on, like, a little suit and some... um, kitten heels <laughs> and so i stopped by there and they were like oh we were looking for you we would love for you to come work here and i was like bet let's do it yeah. <laughs> and that was it because you had interned for them beforehand yeah right? while i was in college yeah I so did. like how did you even get that internship so one of my friends scotty who actually he owns a studio now engine room audio where i do my podca- podcast yeah, mm-hmm. yeah scotty he, is the he one owns that yeah damn mm-hmm. That's and awesome. he um he went to howard and he was best friends with my ex-boyfriend from high school that's how i know him mm-hmm. so when i was in college he would always be like oh let's bring some artists up to your school and make some money so i was like all right bet so, like, so <laughs> i would do stuff with him what artists were coming up um, I'm trying to think of what we did. We did Channel Live, if you remember them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you probably don't know who they are, but yeah. Back then we did them, and it was like a couple of things that we did. I can't remember exactly, but we made some money. Okay, that's and the most important part. Yeah, that's we right. made some money. So anyway, um, he was like, my boy works at Wu-Tang, and they're looking for some interns, and I recommended you, so can you go, you know, do the interview? And I was like, I don't want to work there because I don't know if that would be a great environment for me. Right. He was like, Angela, he said, you don't have to do it, but please at least go do the interview because I promised them, you know, that you were going to come. I think you'd be great. So I ended up, and he actually was trying to hook it up for Wu-Tang to come to Wesleyan Mm -hmm. too at that time. So I go up there for the interview. I don't have a resume or anything. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) I just said I would go, so I went. And there's like all these girls waiting and being interviewed. And then I walked in. And they were like, oh, yeah, so you're in school right now? Da, 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 da. All right, you're hired. <laughs> and I was like, damn, how did I get this job? I didn't even, you know. But it was a good experience because, to be honest, I thought it would be different because I thought they were so wild and crazy just because mm-hmm. of the reputation they had. But they actually were great. 
but yeah. also crazy. <laughs> yeah, but they treated me really well. Like as a woman, they were very protective over me. Mm-hmm. But they also were just like super. It was like family. Like they were always super cool. Took care of me. Made sure I was good. Like and it, we used to love when we worked in the office. If one of them came up for the day because they buy everybody lunch, <laughs> they'd be like, "Oh, okay, tell tell them to come by the office." And then they'll come in and they would be there all day. Like all of them would just drop in all the time. All like, of them. <laughs> all their family members, like everybody, all of them would just come by. There's as many members in Wu-Tang as there are people who went to Wesleyan. <laughs> Listen, and when you talk about their family members, I remember one time my boss, who was Riz's brother, Divine, mm-hmm. he had me go to the mall with his daughter like to buy her back-to-school clothes. That was like sure. one of my jobs. That was your job, yeah. So I took her to the mall in Staten Island. When I tell you in Staten Island, everybody was like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you work with Wu-Tang, right? Like everyone in the mall knew who I was. I remember one time I got like pulled over by the cops, and they were like, oh, don't you work in the Wu-Tang office? Okay, you good. It Damn. was like everybody knew each other. But also, like, I feel like everybody in Staten Island probably also works for Wu-Tang. Yeah, no, I, they have uh, a lot of family members. I feel like these days, everyone who lives in Staten Island is a cop. Oh, true. We went, we went to a cousin's <laughs> wedding out in Staten Island. First time we ever went there, pulled off the bridge and took a right turn and got pulled over right away. And I was yeah. like, motherfucker. Yeah. Did so you get a I, ticket? Well, I did. I should have said that I was part of Wu-Tang. Or yeah, so like, I'm yeah. going to the Wu-Tang office. <laughs> yeah. I know Angela Yee. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they had the Wu-Wear store back yeah. then, and they had um, the office. And so, you know, everybody kind of knew each other. Did you ever bring any members of Wu-Tang to visit your parents? To visit them? Yeah. Did they ever, like, stop by? Like, Or you were going somewhere, and you're like, hold on, I have to stop home and introduce them? Like, just no. as you're... No? I think my parents definitely, they know... Um, I'm trying to think, who have they ever met? My mom used to come by the office a lot. Really? Yeah, because she worked in the city also. Mm. So they all knew my mom. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. And my brother, too. My brother knows them all. <laughs> so. Okay, well, actually, I bet I bet that uh, some of them can understand your brother. Yeah, yeah. no. And <laughs> my brother has... mathematics, you know? And he smokes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's always good. They, they connect. Yeah, but I think... Um, no, my mother, they probably know my mom, but not my dad. So while you were while you were working there and just starting out... Was there any thought that this was just going to be temporary and you were off to do photography and and writing elsewhere? Um, No, because I think you get so wrapped up in what you're doing, especially like I was working a lot of hours. I would be the first one there every day and the last one to leave all the time. And so I think I didn't really have time to do much else. And I was just focused on, you know, doing that job. And then I ended up leaving there and going to work for D'Angelo. And then after that, I started no, working. No, 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 no. Hold on, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, you, you don't just like first brush of all, over. Sk- skinny D'Angelo or like bigger D'Angelo? He was in good shape then. Okay, gotcha. This is yeah. <laughs> this when he had the trainer and he was doing videos naked and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at that time. All right. So before Wu Tang, before D'Angelo, what is your tolerance for crazy? <laughs> I have a really high tolerance. I'm very patient, mm-hmm. and you know I'm from Brooklyn. I see all kind of crazy things <laughs> all the time. So I feel like I've always had a really high tolerance for craziness. But did Wu Tang and D'Angelo? then push that in any way like were you like oh this is this is too crazy i've always been really calm about everything so you can see like i work with charlamagne and envy they act crazy all the time and it never really yeah but there's affects me acting and, crazy and being crazy and also there's a difference between working with and working for so right. like if d'angelo sent you to what was the craziest thing well that- i'm gonna tell you d'angelo working for his i worked at virgin records for his label mm-hmm. he was never there Okay, so it so wasn't perfect. like, yeah. right, it wasn't <laughs> like, job. but he was cool every time I had any interaction with him. It was just the people that 
where his management, they were terrible. Like, really? They were ridiculous, but he was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think even with Wu-Tang, like, yes, they would, they would do such fun things, like funny things. I remember being in the office when Dirty ran on stage, you know, during oh. the, yeah. <laughs> the Grammys. During the Grammys. <laughs> and us being like, oh, did he just run on the stage? <laughs> you know, and we were all watching it together in the office. Oh, my God. You know, and I've seen, like, I've seen Dirty do crazy things. Wait, I've seen, when he ran up on the, on the stage, did the phone just, like, automatically start ringing and you're like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. No, because it was late. So I don't think people thought we were in the office. <laughs> we were just happened to be in there watching and no one knew that was going to happen. Oh, my God. So, but um, even all of them, like Ghostface used to be crazy, but he was always like a sweet person anyway. Mm-hmm. Like he was crazy. Like he might, um, <laughs> you know, fight you. But then at the same time, he'll see a homeless person on the street and give away his coat and be like, here, take my coat. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was like that. Didn't Ghost, like, bury money in his backyard or something like yeah. that? Oh, I don't know. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know. How yeah. I find it? You know, just fun things. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now you're in the music industry, like, 100%. Mm-hmm. So what do you see your role as, like, moving forward? Are you like, oh, I'd like to do administrative stuff. I'd like to manage. I'd like to do a and R Like, where did you see yourself going? Well, I figured that I would always be good at marketing mm-hmm. because – that was kind of like my niche and what I was doing. Even when I was working, like working for Wu-Tang was a good job because I kind of could do whatever I wanted. Anything I felt like I wanted to do, I could be like, okay, I feel like, you know, being the person that does this. And right. they were fine with it. Like I was having meetings with like Steve Rifkin and Ron Sweeney, like all these really yeah. big heavy hitters in the music business. And I was 21 years old, you know, not really Were you still wearing a pantsuit and, and kitten heels? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. I was wearing like a hoodie every day. But I think it was it was a great experience for me because I got to meet because they had all these different labels they were signed to. So I got to meet people at all the different Every labels one, and yeah. I got to know everybody. So I think that was a great springboard for me to do other things. The D'Angelo job, sometimes I just erase that from my memory. It was like a waste of time. And um Shout to our podcast. Mm-hmm. Waste, waste time, time with it's the real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I started. Um, I worked at a marketing company right after that, and that's when I. Um, that's when you finally mastered the job of opening up envelopes. <laughs> yeah, so I was opening lots of envelopes. But um, it was a marketing company, but they, it was only like me and the owner and a receptionist. So he gave oh, the wow. illusion that it was like a huge company right, yeah, yeah. with all these moving pieces. But I wrote all the marketing plans, and Whoa. I so I basically did all the work. Like I remember we were doing a New York Liberty, so I had to go to the games, <laughs> and then we had um, Sprint um, cell phones. We had like Durango Boots. We had Heineken. And none of so these companies the knew that you guys were a three-person operation. Right. They they did not know at all. They were not invited to your Christmas party, which is very small. It's just yeah. us. It's, it's intimate, actually. It's the, intimate. The office was like the size of this room, the whole entire office. So massive. Yeah. It was <laughs> huge for us. <laughs> just echo chamber. Um, uh, did the New York Liberty know how to get down? Bunch of bunch of party girls. <laughs> See, I, it was just going to the games. Like trying to get people to go to the games is what they really wanted. So they would give me like a certain amount of tickets, and I had to be like, "Hey, let's go to you know New York Liberty game." And they would always want me to go and like bring people and like bring tastemakers. And everything was centered around like getting tastemakers to do things. Did you? I mean, did you, everything? Did you yeah. sit courtside? Uh, yeah, they were good seats. I don't <laughs> think they were hard to get. <laughs> 
I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was the whole thing. People weren't going to the games. So right. they were trying to get people to go. And then with Heineken, we did this whole series of mixtapes. And um, I used to have to go to the parties at night. So it was always like nonstop work for me being in the morning, doing these marketing plans, going to meetings, and then having to go to these events all the time. So that's where I got like a crazy work ethic just from that. So yeah. you're a few years out of school. Mm-hmm. Where is Santi at this point? Santi was working at Sony. She was working at Epic Records in the A&R department. She started off as an assistant. Hmm. Then she was A&Ring. And then she said, I'm going to start writing music. Santi's the type of person that was just like, say, I want to do something and then just do it. Like even in college, one day she's like, I'm going to start um, giving drum lessons. <laughs> so she does that. Then one day she says, I want to be a masseuse. So then she gets certified to be like a masseuse and she's a masseuse was she good she's just, i don't you know i never got a massage from her is that crazy yes did you get did, did you <laughs> yes get it is lessons? crazy it was um shiatsu she was doing did she you get got, did you get drum lessons i never got drum lessons Wait, but uh, she's the type of person that will randomly say i want to do something and then just like okay i didn't even know then she you says you know what santi gold prove it i don't think she did any of these things <laughs> yeah, no i'm telling you and then one day she's like i'm gonna be a songwriter my dad's friend's daughter is like an artist and i think she can sing really good so i'm gonna write her some songs she never wrote a song before ever so next thing i know she writes this girl um reese was her name she writes three songs for her and then gets her a demo deal <laughs> and then she gets signed and then puts out like a whole album that was really good by the way it was called um What's the name of Reese's album? Santi wrote all the songs except for one song on there, but it was such a great album, and she like put together the whole entire thing. And her name is Reese, like R E E S E. It's just R E S. R E S. Yeah, oh, I know her. Yeah, yeah. She actually had a group with Talib Kweli after yep. that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she was a solo artist, and Santi wrote her first. I can't remember the name of the album. But she had this, it was such a great album. Every time I would hear Reese, and Reese had a great voice, mm-hmm. you know, but Santi just, and then Santi was like, I'm tired of writing songs for other people, and then it changes the Other people the being many- Reese. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and then like it kind of changes the whole, I mean, it is probably hard to write a song that means a lot to you, and, right, then, and then give, then it, give away. it away. Right. So she's like, I'm going to start singing too, I'm taking singing lessons. I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, and I'm going to learn how to play the guitar. And I was like, okay, so she's taking guitar lessons, singing lessons, and then she starts a group. This band called Stift. And then she had a band. And Where I, would they play? In Philly. I remember the first like couple of shows I went to, it was barely anyone there. But I would go and film it for her so she could look at it and stuff like that. But, huh? How Do I Know? Oh, it was called How Do I Know? That was Reese's, Reese's album. Reese's album. <laughs> How I Do. It's called How I Do. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Stift. So she had... Um, I think the album was called Sex Cells that she did with Stiff. That was her band. And she was like a punk rock yeah. group. And then after that, she was like, I'm tired of relying on other people to show up because sometimes the drummer doesn't, because they're not as invested if it's not your thing. Yeah, sure. It's like, I'm not going to sacrifice and not make any money right now when I could be playing with all these other people sure. and making money. So she was like, I'm just going to be solo now. And she, that's what I'm saying. It's just like yeah. random how. Well, I like how the drummer wouldn't show up to the gigs, but you would. You would be at every single show. <laughs> I was a fan. No, and a, and a good friend. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but was she living? Were you guys living together? We lived together um, in college. Our Santi was like our sophomore year. She said, "Okay, I have a plan." <laughs> <laughs> they had houses on campus that you could live in, but they were like special interest houses. Mm-hmm. So she was like, all we have to do is apply to be in the women of color house, and then we can live in a house instead of in a dorm. Right. Because it was hard for sophomores to live in like houses and not. And she's like, and um, that was it. So we applied. We both got in. Congratulations. <laughs> and, yeah. And we lived. Now we have like this big, beautiful house that we Sorry were living in. Sorry to the other three <laughs> women of color on That's campus. Right. Wesleyan. <laughs> 
Yes, and next thing you know, we're living in this like really nice house on campus. <laughs> we have our own washer dryer. Damn. You know, <laughs> you guys were popping. I know we were popping, and she had a car. So I ended up great. being the co-chair of the Women of Color Collective. Is and that right? Santi was the treasurer. <laughs> Who was the secretary? <laughs> I don't remember because there wasn't one. <laughs> there it was, was a good. Two. It was a good plan. <laughs> and then senior year, we lived together also. And then when we graduated, she was living in. Brooklyn for a while, then she went back to Philly. I was living in Jersey City, and then we ended up um, getting a, a house together and mm-hmm. becoming roommates in Brooklyn. And then uh, for what, a few years, what part of Brooklyn? Best Stuy. Okay, and, and um, Bed Stuy was not like Bed Stuy is today. Yeah, it was in the early stages of like it hadn't changed yet, right? But it was probably it was about to. Did you see any robberies there? Did I see any? No, but I would watch you it on the news. In it, so. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't rob anyone ever. Okay, stop it. <laughs> Listen, we're just trying to get your followers up. <laughs> <laughs> I never robbed anyone. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that was Santi was like, really, what happened was Santi was living in Philly, and she really wanted to come back to Brooklyn, and she was like, you're the only person I could live with and mm-hmm. be like okay with that, and we could get along fine. So she was like, if I find a place, you know, are you down to move? I said, sure. Did she, you have a washer dryer in that house? Yes, we did. Oh, so because I'm not life gonna lie, good. my first apartment I had out of college didn't have a washer and dryer I said I'll never do that to myself again mm-hmm. like one main thing I always look for when I was looking for apartments back then was I gotta have a washer and dryer because not having one was such an inconvenience like having to go to the laundromat every week mm-hmm. it was such a hassle <laughs> I was like if there's anything I care about I need to have a washer and dryer <laughs> right who cares about like premises. you know security any of that <laughs> listen I'd rather have a washer and dryer okay yeah, I like wa- to wash clothes today <laughs> you have a washer and dryer I de- right outside my bedroom door <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no kitchen but so, you know <laughs> so you two are just are just in your in your 20s working these like mid mid sort of level jobs not even mid level but yeah. <laughs> everything but, generous lower but, tier and but but you can see like the sort of horizon you know yeah is there yeah, I think, um, you know, Santi wasn't even working a job anymore. She was just, like, on her music thing, like, mm-hmm. struggling, starving artist. Yeah. But she was getting, you know, it's you know how it is when you're an artist, things seem like they're about to happen, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it doesn't, and then it's, like, really disappointing, but then something else happens, another carrot gets <laughs> you dangled You literally just described my life. Right. <laughs> like, it's, it's the last 15 years of my life. Somebody's like, I'm going to invest in your project, and yeah. you're like, oh, my God, thank you, God, this is going to be so great, we're going to send out a press release. <laughs> And then you do it, and then they're like, mm, I don't know what happened to him. Like yeah. It just didn't work out. It did happens you, all the time. Did you ever consider managing Santi? No, because that's my friend, and mm-hmm. I really think – I've always will help her with anything, but I feel like sometimes with friendship, that just doesn't mix. And I know how I am, and I have so much to do for myself. I wouldn't want to put somebody in a position where they're relying on me for something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I can't go above and beyond because I've been a manager, mm-hmm. and I know what it takes. You know, I managed um, Jay Electronica yep, yep. and yeah, Jizza from Wu-Tang and yeah. everything, so – which are again two yeah. <laughs> two really just reliable yeah just <laughs> focused yeah. and uh, no Stop. no but okay so <laughs> <laughs> so when do you uh, make that move over to shady um so I had so when I was working with Wu Tang that's actually when I met Paul Rosenberg and there's a couple of reasons why I knew him but one of it was I used to date this guy when I was in college who. Um, his older brother was a rapper 
Oh, no, his younger brother. Mm-hmm. So they used to do stuff with Eminem all the time. Whoa. So that's how I met Eminem. This is before Eminem was signed anywhere wow. or anything. And so Eminem would come to New York and do these lyricist lounge mm-hmm. showcases. And and I was like, wow, he's so dope. Were you so like, I'm, he's so violent? <laughs> no, because that was the part of a rap battle is it kind of has to be. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really think he was doing the things he said, <laughs> but it sounded good. Mm-hmm. And so I um, had booked Eminem to open for Wu-Tang at this like big thing they did in Staten Island called Park Hill Day that I put together. It's like a charity thing where all the guys come out and perform and they would get like, you know, all the boot camp click to come out. Mob Deep would always come out. And so we just let artists perform. So I was like, oh, we got to get this kid, you and, know. And you ran that? Yeah, I helped Crazy. put it together. It was me and this other girl that worked for him that put it together, Tanya. Yeah, what were those phone calls like just trying to like day of <laughs> yeah, get people to show up? Yeah, I mean, they were good because it was their thing. It was in Staten mm. Island. They wanted to do it. It was a charity thing. It was their idea. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah, so they wanted to do it. And it was like everything was free for the kids. It was rides and games and stuff. It was really nice. They shut down like it was in Park Hill Projects. Yeah, I think it was in Park Hill and... So it was a nice event for it's like, like the OVO community. Fest for Staten Island. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> so Eminem came and um, opened for them, and he killed it. Like everybody was like, even the guys like, yeah, he's so dope. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, you guys should sign him. And they just weren't in that space, right? Right. You know. And so um, that's how I first met them. And so we always kind of stayed in contact. Paul was actually supposed to be roommates with my brother <laughs> when he first. Yeah, they were talking about it. And then Paul, your brother was like, oh well, my feet stink. Yeah, right. He got one a roommate yeah. <laughs> no I think something happened like somebody got robbed in the neighborhood and Paul was like I don't want to live here you know something like that and so we all know who did it that's right <laughs> I didn't do it <laughs> so that's you know so back then but we always just kept in contact and then I was doing marketing for different clothing lines so I would always send clothes like for Eminem and everything you know early on in his career so when they started the clothing line Paul was like, hey, we want you to come work for Eminem's clothing line. Now, I actually saw him out. I was at a Chappelle show. When they first started the Chappelle show, it was the first episode, and they did like wow. a premiere. Whoa. So I was at the premiere, because Jizzit was on the first episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was at the premiere, and um, Paul was like, hey, we want to see about you coming to work for the clothing line. I was like, okay, bet. I'll call you tomorrow. <laughs> and that's how it happened. Wait, what was your style like back then? Were you wearing like all of these lines that you were representing? Not really. I've always been a very casual person, though. Like, I'm such a hoodies and jeans right, and right. leggings and sneakers type of person. So that's how I've always... But was it wear everything and... No, but I actually really academics. like wear. <laughs> I don't think I ever had academics. <laughs> what did I have? Aniche. Yeah. I had some Aniche. I had a couple of Aniche jackets. Mm-hmm. Mecca. Did you, have, did you have any sweatsuits? Yes, I yeah, had. Yeah. I actually had a um, fat farm sweatsuit. It was huge on me because I was like ninety pounds, <laughs> and it was the smallest size. I remember it was baby blue. Somebody gave it to me, and I loved that sweat. It was humongous on me. That's but, awesome. Yeah. All my clothes were huge back then. Do you do you still have <laughs> any of those sweatsuits like left? No, now? none of them. I don't think so. Oh. They probably be worth something now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yo. So. Paul says to call him the next day, and you're like, cool. And I did, and then they hired me as a consultant for the clothing line. And I'll never forget the first um, thing I had to do was in Detroit. They had, like, the Hip Hop Summit with Mm -hmm. Russell Simmons. But the day before I went, I got all four of my wisdom teeth pulled. (laughs) And then I had to get on the plane. It was the worst. But, yeah, that was the first thing I did with them. Were you swollen? I just, first of all, that my mouth was all cut on the sides from when they had to, like, open up, you know, keep yeah. it open to pull the teeth yeah, out. Right. And I just couldn't eat anything. Oh, That's so hot. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, 
And I, people were like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I was like, nothing. Just, just sad. I don't know about the consultant. Yeah. <laughs> and, that was, and that's how I ended up working with um, Paul the first time. And so your guys' relationship evolved, though, mm-hmm. because when they started doing Shade 45... How did they bring you in? I actually called Paul, and that was because I wanted a marketing position at Sirius. So when they first launched the station, I was at home, and I was, like, looking at jobs that were available. I think it was, like, on Hot Jobs or something Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. (laughs) And I said, oh, look, they have a marketing position open at Sirius. Let me see. Who do I know there? And I was like, oh, Paul. Let me call Paul. So I said, hey, you know, I see they have a marketing position open. If you could just, like, give me a reference, and then I can take it from there. You know, I don't need you to get me the job, but just at least, you know, so I can get an interview. Because sometimes it's hard to just send in a resume. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, how would you feel about trying to do the morning show? We're looking for a a personality. We we needed a woman to go on the morning show. It was like a little sidekick. He's like, no, you've never done radio, but you could give it a try. He, He said, it's an audition, so it's not like you have the job, but... I can get you that. So I was like, all right, cool. You this know? is because he knew your personality so well and like... It's because he knew me. And I think uh, Paul has always... I've always had a really good relationship with him because I always did my job mm-hmm. and I've always been very loyal as far as everything. I appreciate Paul. Like, I think he's a great person because he's really loyal to people that are loyal to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that he put on are people that he knew early on mm-hmm. when Eminem was trying to get on and he'll always try to like return the favor. Yeah. So And he's real humble, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. He's a humble giant. He yeah, is. he's a humble giant. <laughs> Wait, when you were working for Shady, did you work out of the, the Shady offices? No, it was out of the apparel offices in the garment district. It was gotcha. on 40, it's on 41st Street. Because I remember the first time that we went down to, yeah, to, uh, to see all of them, they have like the, um, mm-hmm. the double door. Right. So like you have to go in and they like you know. Slide well, first of all, I mean you go in the building and the it's building not looks listed. shitty. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it looks it, shitty from yeah. outside. Yeah. There's it's no like a listing. factory. Yeah. There's no like listing for the floor. Yeah, right. and so you take this elevator up and it's very iffy in that elevator, and then you get out and, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's no, beautiful. No, but two doors and like another security guard because yeah. this was right after like all Jaru the rule and all that. Yeah, the the violator stuff and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, so. When you when you first start off on the morning show, how sure of it are you? Like in terms of your terrible. abilities, and, no. But like even before, like did you know that? Look, he offers this out of the blue. Were you like, okay, cool? I was looking for a marketing position, but yeah, I could talk and I could have fun and I can show up mm-hmm. at you know early hours and be loyal. And did you know you could do this? No, my life has always just been like, okay, let me just figure it out. And it, I was, I didn't even think that. You and that, Santi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't think that much of it. Like, I showed up and I remember I had a meeting with, like, the vice president of programming. He was like, okay. So, and I already knew that they were at least going to let me audition. So he was like, so what's your experience? I was like, I don't have any. He was like, you've never done radio? I was like, no. And I was just honest about it. Yeah. At least he was like, okay. <laughs> Well, come on in on a Thursday. <laughs> like this is a pirate ship, and we're just like yeah. sailing however we. But can. the show was brand new, and really the timing was great. Like how it all happened, because I just happened to call him mm-hmm. about that. It wasn't like he was like, "Oh, Angela would be great for this." Right. I just happened to call him, and then he was like, "Oh, we happen to be looking for this." That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I went up there, and you know, Cypher Sounds is on, and he didn't pick me to be on there, so he kind of was, like, not that nice about it. Well, how well did you guys know each other? We, like, casually, just, like, a high vibe, but we never had really 
chatted. Did he you never... say what's up at the at the Chappelle show premiere? <laughs> he wasn't. I don't think he was there. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so he was. Maybe kind you didn't of, recognize him. <laughs> yeah, right. He was yeah. <laughs> kind of not that nice to me at first because I think he felt like, well, who is this person that Paul put in here that doesn't know anything? And he probably wanted to pick his own person too. I would think. Right. So. I get in there and he's like, oh, on the radio, he's like, who is this person? Who are you? <laughs> like he was really doing that to me. And I was so nervous because I never had even done anything radio related before. So I didn't know what I was doing. No one gave me any instruction. I was just. Did you did you ask any relatives to tune in? No, I okay. didn't tell anyone about it. I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want anyone to know. Damn. No, because I didn't. You know, I sounded terrible at first. What? I'm going to be honest. It was really, really bad. Like people were calling and be like, she's awful. Get her. <laughs> God. Fuck up out of there. But that's every like serious <laughs> caller, I feel like. Because yeah, yeah. like we've been on like five times and every single time it's like, yo, fuck these guys. <laughs> but then people started to like me and it was nice. I remember one guy had called in early on is like, uh, she's whack. Why would and then later on he was like, Okay, I changed my mind, you know, and that was it made me feel good about it. But and I think that person radio... was Charlemagne the guy. Yeah. <laughs> now I work with him. <laughs> but I think that for Anybody, if you're doing radio, the only way you're going to get good at it is to keep on doing it because mm-hmm. no one's just naturally good at radio. It, you might think, oh, you just have a natural knack for it, but it's impossible. It's like a rhythm you have to get. Yeah. Right. Just hearing yourself speak and knowing how to say things and how to talk about things without reading it and how to say things in a more condensed manner. Did you ever get the phone number wrong when you were reading it? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I did that, though, when I started at Power because I would always be like, 888-SHAVE-45. Wait, no, 800 <laughs> But I definitely did it there, but not at um at Shave 45. And I, I, I think I caught on pretty quickly, but my first couple of weeks were pretty rough. And, you know, when I first started, Old Dirty Bastard had passed away, too. Mm. Right. So I was able to get Jizza to call in. And no, they haven't hadn't spoken to anybody mm-hmm. at that time. So it was like a big deal that he called in. And I think that was even like the first week. Mm. you know that I started and then everything changed when I had that interview with Jay-Z that right. was like right. a big deal yeah and they they hired me right after that when I walked out well we should go back a little bit in time uh you're friendly with Tata mm-hmm. how did that come to be um actually I met Tata Beehive and I think Jay-Z all on the same night it was like my 20th birthday I was at a club <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, that was it. I met them when I was so young. Mm-hmm. And then um, we always would just all run into each other all the time, mm-hmm. all the place. And that was my first time meeting them. And that was it. We all just were really cool. Like, what were you drinking nothing that crazy. night? crazy. <laughs> Amaretto Sours. <laughs> I remember that because it was my birthday and everybody was buying me drinks. And that was my drink of choice back then. Amaretto very sour. light, very sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, just like Angela. Yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys ever had an Amaretto salad? No, 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 no. Oh, you should totally try it with a cherry. Should we start? Should we start a book <laughs> yeah. club and we'll just I'm drink a Amaretto sour? Old mixed female That's right. <laughs> with an English degree. Yeah. I like Amaretto sour. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, and I, randomly I did, like, a photo shoot for Diamonds in the Rough when I was in college because I was doing photography. And they right. were like, hey, can you do this? Beehive was like, let's do a photo shoot. Can you do it? I was like, okay. In front of the camera or behind the camera? I was taking the pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So whatever happened to your photography career? Oh, my gosh. So, like, my friend L'Oreal's in here. I just bought a camera the other day. Like? <laughs> like a brand new camera so I can start dope. taking And they think I'm so annoying. 
Well, uh, are who, you who like, thinks you're so annoying? My friends. Air them out. Say, yeah. say who Laurie, I think I'm annoying. Wow. And all my friends think I'm annoying because I take the camera with me and I'm like, come on, guys, let me take some pictures of you. And I just have fun with it. <laughs> Even at work, I'll bring it into work sometimes. And they're like, all right, enough. I took it to Powerhouse backstage. Mm-hmm. Let me show you a picture. I took this great picture of Wiz. Mm-hmm. But it's funny to me. By the way, Wiz, I saw on Instagram, passed you like the fattest blunt. Yeah, that wasn't a great idea for me. I'm not really a smoker. Right. Now it you was are. Awful. Yeah. I was so high after that. I don't remember anything from the rest of the night. And that's the second time that I, I like smoked with him. And I should have known better because the first time I couldn't feel my legs. I feel yeah, like they the, were peer yeah. pressuring you, like Charlemagne and all that. And I think I was a little drunk, too. So I was like, sure, yeah. You know, when you're drunk, you'll take anything. I was like, yeah, let me take How it. many Amaretto Sours did you have? <laughs> I don't drink those anymore. I'm over it. Wait, I got to show you this picture. It's so funny. And I was so annoying. I was like, come on, guys, pictures. I think I was drunk. No, but I like that you're actually using a real camera. You're not yeah, just is, like is an iPhone film? photographer. Look at this great picture of Charlemagne. It's very phallic. <laughs> you show the camera. Are you going to get that framed? <laughs> Put that in your home. Right above the uh, washer so dryer. Oh, you like, should get. No, look at how it's all up in Wiz's face on this picture. You guys would like this one. <laughs> Yo, by the way, so annoying. Right, yeah. <laughs> so annoying. Also, in, she's she takes shots that are in focus. Show. Yeah. Yeah, there it's, you go. If nice. Getty Images is hiring, Angela is out here. Yeah, I'm out yeah. here. Yo, I'm Johnny out here, you know. Yeah. Get references from L'Oreal and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Wiz and Charlemagne. Like I enjoy my camera. I'm gonna have fun with it. I can't wait. And I keep telling people, let me do a photo shoot. You guys want me to do a photo shoot of you? Yes. Yeah. You know who else is is very into photography right now? Sycamore. Oh, Sycamore, really? who's like, yeah. this is my year just to be a photographer. So. Well, I'm not doing all that, but um. No, you are. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. This is just. This I'm is just not a doing hobby all that, you? but it's just fun because I've always, you know, I took like photography in high school and in college. Like developed your own mm-hmm. film, like darkroom, everything. Yeah. Wow. And like did all of that with like the um you know the little pump thing so you could take pictures of yourself and not yeah. stand next to it. I had all of, like a I knew how to do stick. everything. <laughs> it's kind a of a like a selfie stick, stick yeah. but not yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know everything about like it's a manual camera about the aperture and all that. Yeah. So I've learned all of that, so I know how to do it. <laughs> you've you've learned all of that just to take pictures on iPhones and how right. to do everything. So that's yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Yeah. But I promise you, I'm gonna take a lot of pictures. Wait till I get my family together. You know, first of all. My dad's side of the family is Chinese. Mm-hmm. If you come to like a holiday gathering, every single one of my uncles has like a real professional camera and they have tripods and they set it up and then we all have to like <laughs> <laughs> pose and then they're like, okay, 30 seconds, guys. And then everybody jumps in the picture. So now I can be down with the crew. There's yes. a million cameras. It's like paparazzi on the red carpet. You just all like sort of like. <laughs> and then all the pictures look One the more, exact Angela. Same. One more. Up here. Up here. <laughs> um, so. so, okay. You're you're killing it at serious and you're feeling Well thank you. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I'm saying at the time at the time finally someone acknowledged that. That's right, that's right. It wasn't Scythe and it wasn't like the programming guy. Yeah. But but how long did it take for you to feel comfortable and how did you know when you were too comfortable and then ready for a change? I think it took probably about three weeks for me to be a little more comfortable as far as getting the flow of it. Because when I tell you no one gave me any instructions, it wasn't like, okay, you're the person that's going to be doing this. Like, we would just come in and be like, Angela, do some news. And I'd be like, <laughs> uh, you know. And I also was never really big on current events. Mm-hmm. So if you're not really that informed on what's going on, I had no idea, like, you know, anything. Did you care, like... Do you, do you care now? <laughs> no, I do now. 
But I think back then it just wasn't like it wasn't as accessible either. Mm-hmm. You know how like now you can go you on your to phone. You get like a newspaper. And you can follow right. like CNN on Instagram. Right. And fo- <laughs> like back then it wasn't really you know like that when right. I first started. It wasn't so easy. So now it's just really simple to know what's going on if you don't know what's going on if you don't know what's trending. You know, <laughs> but we didn't have any of that. So it was more of us. And also it was a nationwide show. So it wasn't right. just a New York news. It was like you have to know what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that wasn't anything that I was like really even that into when I was, you know, I was just not really paying that much attention like that. I knew it was going on here, mm-hmm. yeah. but I didn't know what was going on across the world. So Have you ever found yourself like doing a very local show um but like for a, a large audience? Like have you ever been like, "Oh, like this is stuff that that I feel like everybody cares about, but it's really like very local?" I think it depends on what it is. Like, if something crazy happens here that can be applied to everybody that we can all relate to, then yes, because locally things happen. I mean, if something happens even now, because we have a syndicated morning show, Mm -hmm. if something happens in Atlanta and we're on the morning in Atlanta and it's a big story, everyone cares about it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so I think that um, in that way it is like if there's a bomb scare in New York or like 9-11 happens in New York, but obviously it affects everybody everywhere. Mm -hmm. So there's certain things that everyone cares about, but no one cares. If we're like, oh, this, you know, on Tuesday, be careful. They're going to be doing a, a ticketing <laughs> blitz with the cops. So make sure you don't speed. No one in Detroit cares about the tickets well, that they're I don't giving know. out. I feel like that's all, you know, relative. That's universal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty awesome if every day they were just like, uh, Angela, you want to tell us about what's going on with traffic? You're like, alternate side of the street parking right. is in effect. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have that. People don't even know what alternate <laughs> side of the street parking is in other places. So I think um, it just depends on what it is. You know? So you got you got comfortable enough that you were feeling good about where you were at Sirius and That's when I got lip service. Okay, so that was something where it was like I can do a little something myself. They and- actually liked it cuz I I was always you know, I was new there, so I feel like I wasn't very jaded. I think part of what they liked about me at Sirius was I had never done this before. So I didn't have a preconceived notion of what it should be like I'm not like this is how I am and this is what it is it was more like okay let me figure it out what do you guys think about this what do you think about that so a lot of stuff I came up with like I came up with the don't quit your day job segment on the show which was Mm -hmm. for like unsigned artists every week to play their music from all over and then people could call in and weigh in and we give them a little interview Mm -hmm. so that was anybody pop off from that um not from that but people were on machine gun kelly was on there Hmm. before he was signed when i first met him he was like i'll never forget i was 16 years old and i was on don't quit your day job i was terrible and you're like you are (laughs) (laughs) and um drake was on there before he was signed also Mm -hmm. drake was on there who else was on there um big crit was on there wow yeah, so it was a lot of artists that were like bubbling. Yeah. And then some of them that we never. But I still run into people now who were like, I was on Don't Quit Your Day Job, like Crazy. to this day. Yeah, like, uh-huh. it, was a big, <laughs> it was a big deal for people though, because then we would put them on the website mm. and everyone was calling in and saying, and if people could come in the studio to do it, it was like a live interview on Sirius in the morning. Yeah. It was a big deal for people. So it was a nice, I enjoyed doing that. And then I had this thing called Slut It Out. It was a segment on the morning show where it was like me and my girls just talking about sex. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed Wait, to with be. with that title? Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to be ironic, like, yeah. Yeah. you know. But it was really like we're getting these guys slutted out, mm-hmm. basically is what it was. And so Drake was on there, Machine Gun No. <laughs> but we had, we had had the Hunter on there. We had Buffy the Body, mm-hmm. you know, like prime a lot of people. Buffy would the Body, co- yeah, yeah, when she was in her prime. Mm-hmm. 
and Pinky, you know, a lot of people came, but it was a lot of like regular women that had like, I'm a receptionist, I'm a lawyer, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I work in a supermarket. Right. And so they would just come in and just talk about sex. And it was interesting for the guys to hear it because it was a lot of male listeners. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting for them to hear what women think about sex and what we talk about. And for women, it was like, oh, okay, they're just like me or here's something I never learned about before. So that segment was so popular it was only once a week that they actually made it and they were like we need to make this into a full show so they gave me a show um and we called it lip service me and leah who used to work at double xl magazine she was a music editor at the time Uh, i asked her to do it with me and we called it um she came up with the name lip service and it was a weekly show it was really fun yeah and that lasted for how long that was years. Like I worked at Sirius for six years, mm-hmm. so um, that lasted until I left. So that was probably about maybe three and a half years. So you were doing both those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any travel while you were working there? Not really. Yeah. So so you knew the routine. You knew mm-hmm. when to wake up. You knew when to do whatever. When did you know it was time to leave? Um, I think I just felt like I had hit a plateau. Like I felt like at Sirius, they never felt like I was really important at Sirius because they feel like no one knew who I was before I came there. So they kind of would act like they made me into who I was. And it it was just not going anywhere. Like I remember Hot 97 offered me a job when Cypher left to go with him. And I told them, and I was, I'm thinking, okay, Cypher's leaving. They wanted me to stay. So they said they would give me a raise. I'm thinking you're at least because I was getting paid as his co-host but I'm thinking, okay, they'll give me like a you know a bigger salary because the main host is leaving. They wanted me to stay and be the main host, and they never hired a co-host for me. So I felt like I should get you know more money, but they barely gave me like a little bump hmm. in salary. And then wait, Elliot was your co-host for a second, right? No, no, he we wanted him to be. I wanted him to be, but mm-hmm. it never ended up happening. So he came in like a couple of times, like to audition, and so did Charlemagne. Mm-hmm. He came in a couple of times. MB came in a couple of times <laughs> too back then. Crazy. Yeah. So there was a few different people, and Elliot was who they narrowed it down to. But I think he wanted too much money because Elliot was used to making lots of money. <laughs> Sirius wasn't paying lots of money. <laughs> right. So it came down to that. I feel like, and then I think he still did want to do it, but then they were like, "Oh, he's too much of a problem." <laughs> <laughs> You so. just wanted him to read traffic reports, and he was yeah. like, "Yeah." Elliot <laughs> had that laugh, man. <laughs> still does. Yeah, yeah. Still, still. One time, does. me and Elliot went out to eat, and the woman at the table next to us complained <laughs> to the manager, like, "This guy is laughing too crazy and too loud." And they like came up with like, "Sir, can you please not laugh?" <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's we were at where were we at Baltazar, and I was like, "Wow, oh, that's well, embarrassing." Well, you know what? They have tin ceilings at Baltazar, so it bounces yeah, off. Yeah. So yeah, so understandable. That laugh was yeah. around the room. <laughs> the laugh that was heard around the room. Too many amaretto sours, you know. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so Hot ninety seven comes to you with a job. Sirius isn't, you know, ponying up the money. Yeah, they're not. And I, and I just feel like in general, in, like with hip hop and and um, anything urban, they just were not very supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, they never spent any marketing money on the show at all. Like, everything we did, we kind of did all on our own. And Right, if you want to go sit at a New York Liberty game, they're not getting you the tickets. Right, they're so. not going to yeah. hook me up at all. <laughs> if I want some Durango boots, you know, it's not going to happen. So I just felt like there's not really a lot more room for me to grow here, and mm-hmm. I didn't feel like they really respected like what I was doing. So I was cool. I still was doing my job and having a good time with it, but I was on the lookout for other things. And G-Spin had called me from Power and asked me, did I want to do weekends there? So I was like, yes, absolutely. (laughs) So they started training me. And then when I told Sirius, hey, next weekend I start at Power just for the weekends, they told me I couldn't do it. 
And I was like, well, why? I was like, Self is up here. He's on power. Emmy's up here. He's on power. Like, everybody up there had jobs at radio stations. And I just felt like they were just, like, always trying to treat me real shitty. Yeah. Why was that? um, I think part of it is just because they just felt like they could. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's a very, like... Sirius was always a very manly, like, boys club type of place. Mm-hmm. You know, there weren't any women in positions of power there. It was just, like, all older guys that cared about what they cared about. They would, like, we want to do a Swedish rock festival, and, <laughs> you know, we want to sponsor that. And mm-hmm. it, they By didn't the way, really care. we dudes love Swedish, Swedish rock festivals. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I think they cared about what they cared about, and it just wasn't on their radar. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't important to them. I remember I used to stream from my show sometimes on you stream when right. that was really big. I used to jump in the comments. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Now, you don't actually remember. <laughs> I do remember. I do remember. I do remember because yes, I would see Angela it's the real. Because yeah. <laughs> I would see it's the real and it, that was the name. Right? Yes. And you're like, is this, is this curly hair or glasses? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I first of all always knew you guys apart because Jeff was like my fake husband. Right. Yeah. Right. On Facebook. Yeah, on Facebook. Except so. that Aura... You know, <laughs> or stole me away from you. Shout right. out to Aura. Then he, then he yeah. got a real. You so, know. <laughs> so, 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 no yeah, more cyber. They didn't want you. They didn't yeah. want you. You streaming. They didn't. Want yeah. So you. then they told me I couldn't you stream, and the and I just felt like they didn't send anybody up because you see how we film all our interviews, and that's such a big thing. Right. Sirius could have been first on that. Yeah. You know, and I used to tell them, "Oh, can we film this? It'd be great promotions." No, we. Um, are subscription-based, and we don't give away content for free. I'm like, well, it's not giving away a subscription. Basically, you're just giving away a little snippet of a show that could make people want to subscribe. Right. Marketing. Right. Yeah. It's called my, I have a marketing mind. Yeah. You know? Even streaming from, like, behind the scenes at lip service, I felt like people used to love that. You mm-hmm. know? It was really funny, and they told me I wasn't allowed to stream anymore. Like, everything I tried to do, they would shut it down, but you're not spending any money. Right. So I just got frustrated, and I couldn't take it anymore. And I... I don't. I couldn't see why they didn't get it. You mm-hmm. know, it was a very old-fashioned, old-school way of thinking. So, I just was like, okay. I told G Spin when they told me I couldn't do the weekends. I said, I'm not gonna beef at work because it's not worth it to me for like you know a, a part-time weekend job. But I said, keep me in mind if something bigger comes along because I don't want you to think that I don't want to leave. Like mm-hmm. I'm down. Yeah. And so <laughs> like I'm getting the fuck out of yeah. here. <laughs> but I was. It wasn't like urgent. Like I have to leave. It was yeah. just like I knew that something when something right came along. And then they offered me the morning show in Philly. Right. Right. And I almost took that. And when I was leaving that interview and they made me the offer, I was walking back to my car and that's when Power 105 called me. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that day. that there were two instances in your life where that happened, where you were leaving one interview and then went to another that interview? All, it? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but that's why, no, I'm saying I, I, I feel like a, it's a blessing. Like, that's I, the most non-controversial thing you possibly could have said. <laughs> hey, isn't it great when offers just come to you? <laughs> but that's part of, and I always tell people that that's part of like being humble and networking and working really hard. Like whatever job you get, and that's why I always tell people, you have to work really hard at whatever you say you're going to do. Even if you're doing a radio show or, a, you know, if you have your own podcast, but you're not making any money from it and you hate everybody that works with you, still do oh a God. great oh, job. Oh, you talking about us again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, you know, how did you guys? But, um, yeah, even if it's like, you know, in your apartment and it's like with your brother. Right, mm-hmm. sure. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Very relatable. Very relatable. Yeah, I get it. But you still have to do a great, because you never know who's watching you. And people don't know what's going on, like, in your everyday life. So they don't know I hate working at Sirius. They just see me on the radio, and they're like, oh, my God, she sounds like she's having such a great time. It's fun. It's upbeat. You don't know who's watching you. And it was a blessing to me that people, like, the, the reason they offered me the job in Philly, they hit me on Facebook. They didn't even know me. 
the program director hit me on no, Facebook. No, no, don't, don't, don't let people hear that because then they're gonna just like hit you on Facebook all the no, time. No, with like, a job, job offer. Yeah, nope. no, he hit me on. I know. Are you available hey via like yeah, <laughs> Instagram DMs? Like people can find you at. <laughs> but that was really just me like busting my ass and working hard. Yeah. You know, it's serious. Like I would videotape. I had an intern come in. I had my own video camera. It was so. Like, shysty. It was a terrible camera. It was, like, nightlight because it was too dark in the room. So it was black and white, like, Paris Hilton sex tape. Mm. And everybody's eyes looked like um, they were vampires. What happened but, to the camera you used with Santi? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> to, to film it's a, it was that same one. Yeah, yeah. But um, it was. <laughs> and so I would just have an intern film it, And then the interviews wouldn't go for, like, three weeks because we didn't know how to edit. You know? <laughs> but still, it went up. And it right. actually got me, like, a lot of people knowing who I was. Even yeah. if you didn't have Sirius, just from that. Right. What was the first interview to go like wide from Sirius for you? I think the Jay Z interview yeah. was pretty big early on because Clinton Sparks picked it up and put it on his mixtape because mm. he thought it was so good and it mm. was really funny, you know, back then. But we had a lot of things like when Saigon did lip service and he mm-hmm. like went crazy on lip <laughs> yep. service. And yeah, so right. he was gonna like hit uh, yeah. your friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, "I have a girl that's gonna punch you in the face." And went, I was like, "Yo!" And then he called me the next day, like, "Yo, what happened?" Yesterday? He was drunk. It, right. He was drunk. He drank a whole hours bottle of like yeah, Hennessy exactly. before he came up there. And then I think um, Young Berg, that also on lip service, went pretty viral with mm-hmm. the um, dark butts um, situation. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a few things that um, <laughs> Mers. Yeah, that yeah, Mers. And then I think um, Rick Ross. The whole Rick Ross and 50 Cent beef, because when mm. Rick Ross had put out that diss track against 50, the next morning he called my show, <laughs> but he had already asked me in advance, could he call in? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I didn't, because they A hadn't gentleman. been beefing yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so when he called in, and I was like, well, what's the beef with 50? And he was like, oh, what was it in a war show? And whatever happened. Yeah. And Trick Daddy called in one morning and went crazy, like, <laughs> also. So we had some great moments that, you know, were pretty. And I always interviewed Eminem, too. Right. So those always went viral, I think, because we always would have, like, exclusive interviews with Eminem that, obviously, nobody else would be able to get. So those always did well, too. Was Eminem like, I remember you from Park Hill and... Eminem knows who I... I'm actually <laughs> on an Eminem album, just so you know. I did a skit. Doing what? I just, um, Do you get murdered? <laughs> I was, like, a receptionist. Okay. I'm yeah. going yeah. to repeat my question, Matt. No. <laughs> so uh, moving over to Power 105... When you guys all got together and it was going to be you and Charlemagne and Envy, what were the possibilities for what the show was going to be called? So, oh my God, it was awful. <laughs> we all sat down in a room and I remember just throwing around names and they wanted to call it like the Holy Trinity or something like that. And then they had the big three. <laughs> and then they had, um, I'm trying to think of that. Charlemagne wanted to call it like Illuminati in the morning. <laughs> it was like the dumbest names. I don't even know where the Breakfast Club came from. Mm-hmm. But... You know, we were trying to find something that wasn't <laughs> so cheesy. But they had some terrible names. It's funny when I think back at it. So how long did it take for you three to get comfortable with each other? It took a few months. I think we all knew each other, so we were cool. And we actually hung out a lot during that time, like a lot of parties, to the point where Charlemagne passed out and almost died on the floor in the studio one day. Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, he um, had to go to the hospital for dehydration and exhaustion. Damn. Yeah. Just trying to keep up with you? Some Mariah Carey shit, you That's know? when you really get... Yeah. <laughs> did he bring in a, an ice cream uh, cart? <laughs> 
No, he was like, and me and Envy did not care. Let me tell you. <laughs> he was on the, because we would go out every single night and sometimes just come straight to work in the morning. I remember like going to the club for Charlemagne's birthday, then going to eat at the coffee shop, then going straight to work. And we would do that like repeatedly and get drunk and fucked up in the club. And one day Charlemagne just was like laying on the ground. <laughs> and we were like, yo, what are you doing? Get up. And he was like, oh, I don't feel good. And we were like, yo, stop it. And then I think Envy kicked him. And um, he didn't show up for work for like three days. Listen. And I was like, yo, have you heard from Charlemagne? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it turned out he ended up having to be hospitalized for exhaustion and dehydration. And we what? were like, so you were just tired? <laughs> you know, but. Um, right. You don't really know someone until you go to the hospital with them, right? We didn't go with him. <laughs> we just like, is he coming? Has anybody spoke to him? Because he was really gone for like three days. And then I think. Um, Envy had some bumps on early, too, with his relation, his marriage issues, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that played out on the radio. And we were like, is Envy going to make it? And me and Charlamagne were like, who can we get to replace him <laughs> if it doesn't work out? <laughs> but it took a little while for us to find our groove and, and you know, get it together. But right. we're pretty good now as far as who we are as individuals. Yes. And what interviews really stand out to you over the course of your time at Power? Um, obviously Ray J. Mm-hmm. That's always a big one. Gucci Mane, Webby, Birdman. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So Birdman has the shortest interview you guys have ever done. Yes. Has there been anybody that you've been like, get out of the studio? <laughs> like we, you've been here for way too long. That happens all the time. <laughs> That's because Charlemagne does this. Okay, I just have one more question. And he does it like 10 times at the end of every interview. You've already checked out right. and you're just like... Sometimes I'm like, and Charlemagne's like, I just have one more question. <laughs> all right, here's my last question. And then after that last question, I have one last question. <laughs> How did revolt coming into the situation change everything for you guys? Well, financially, not much, but... Um... Oh, did you know what? shout out to everyone over at revolt (laughs) i think it didn't really you know i think people see it like people really do watch on revolt if they have it Mm -hmm. you know they do so i guess now i have to like care somewhat what i look like but (laughs) i don't it's hard i'm gonna be honest like as of late because you know we just opened a juice bar in brooklyn yeah Mm -hmm. and these long hours in the morning and then we had like powerhouse and we have all these things to do all the time you know we had the juice bar opening every day i'm like out and about running around doing stuff tonight i gotta go to this thing for hillary clinton we're always traveling i sometimes just really don't care what i look like at all when it comes to getting up so early you said four o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. that's every morning yes and do juices really, aside from your business, do juices really get you through? Yeah, that's what made me want to do it, actually, really? because that's really all that gets me through. Like, I drink green tea in the morning, and I would juice every single morning. So. What are the juices of choice? Well, my favorite one is called the G5, and it is um, kale, spinach, bananas, green apples, and I add ginger. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Like, it'll wake you up, and it makes you even, because Envy used to do things like every morning we would come in, and he have, like, donuts and soda. <laughs> and I was like, and then he would be, like, crabby and, like... <laughs> cranky an hour later and I'm like dude that's because you're having all this sugar and then you come down from your sugar high so I think it's really important to be even I don't drink caffeine ever I don't Mm -hmm. drink coffee or anything so all I do is try to have like something balanced in the morning and the juices really help me because it's like natural carbohydrates and it really kind of wakes you up that natural um, stimulant and I just go for the big three That's a little three. Yeah. Can you talk about the plan behind syndicating your guys' show? Well, I think when we first started, we never even thought that would happen. We were just trying to make sure we stayed on power because we could have easily... Right. You know, when I left Sirius, <clears throat> I remember my boss at Sirius telling me, listen, radio shows come and go like that. So 
you know, I don't think you should go because it's probably not going to work. Damn. He was like, they've never done a morning show where it's three people that have equal roles on the morning show. It's always Steve Harvey in the morning. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's always like one person like and, and everybody else. Miss Jones in the morning mm-hmm. Star, right. was starring Buck Wild in the morning. It's never been like a collective of people together in the morning. And like, that's OK, because this is going to be Angela and friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, what did you think? Like when he said that, were you? I mean, like, I was nervous. And you got to think the only radio experience I had was at Sirius. So I never worked at FM radio. So I had no idea what it's like. He's like, you're not going to be able to talk ever. It's all about the music. You're going to have 30 second talk breaks. He was telling me all of this stuff. And I was like, damn, you were like, but can I curse? Right. <laughs> But will I get paid more money? Right. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the thing. I kind of felt like, I don't know if this is even going to work. And then what's next? But then I felt like I don't want to be here anymore. So, you know, go out there and take a risk and do it. So that's what ended up happening. And um, But syndication just came. Syndication, I kind of felt like after we made it through the first year, we were like, okay, maybe we'll get syndicated. You know, and I think that's the plan because they a lot of markets don't have like good syndicated morning shows mm-hmm. anymore. A lot of them skew older. Right. So they needed it. And, and so places like Houston and mm-hmm. and Atlanta and what was the most random city that you found yourself like really killing Probably, it in? Yeah. yeah. We did really well in Milwaukee when we first started in Milwaukee. So that was good. And did um, you know anything about Milwaukee? Had you been there? I hadn't until. But I've <laughs> been there beer? a couple of times. <laughs> I don't drink beer at all. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, um, oh, what beard thing did I just do? Never mind, forget that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do really, and in Norfolk, Virginia, we do really well there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not like rent, and I've been in Norfolk before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, there's a lot of cities that that we're in that I haven't been to yet that mm-hmm. I really want to. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about uh, what? the powerhouse concerts have been like we only just started it again three years ago mm-hmm. so it wasn't happening all that they brought it back our boss right. was like we need to bring powerhouse back so we did but it's been fun like the first year was madness and crazy that's when bobby schmurder was on it mm-hmm. right. and the cops like shut it down it was a nightmare for people that had got tickets and couldn't get in and the cops shut it down so that was rough mm-hmm. and it's nice that it's at the barclays because i live in brooklyn too yeah. by the way and then last year it was really really calm mm-hmm and then this year that just passed, it was pretty chill, too, you know? It's basically, we don't get to see the show. We're <laughs> backstage the whole time waiting to interview people in case they pull us right away for an interview. Mm-hmm. And so we're just sitting around drinking, waiting to work. It's fun. Perfect. Yeah, perfect concert. It's fun. <laughs> who, do you, who do you enjoy seeing in concert? Like, have you seen anybody recently? Um, let me see. Who do I Santi enjoy Gold. <laughs> yeah. I love Santi. She really does have a great show. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but mm-hmm. yes, I do. Uh, we, we were at her uh, we went release to... party, right? At the 99 Cent Store? Oh, at Jack's 99 Cent. At Jack's Day. 99 yes. Cent Store. And oh. uh, by the way, so, okay, so it was a pop-up thing where she would, like, you know, pop up around the store, in the dollar <laughs> store, and she literally popped up right in front of me. And so I was front row, and I was like, oh, my God, first of all, I feel terrible because I'm tall, and I'm, like, blocking everybody. <laughs> exactly. But also because I was just, like, I, there's no, like, room to, like, operate a camera. I don't know. So all you were those, awkward. I mean, I'm always awkward. Yeah, but right. it, was, it, was like, it was especially awkward. Extra awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I do like, I went to the iHeart Festival, mm-hmm. and I think Usher did In Vegas. It. Yeah, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Usher had a great performance, and he brought out Little John and Ludacris, so mm-hmm. that was fun. I like things that are nostalgic to me, too, somewhat. Mm-hmm. You know, I like watching Chris Brown perform. I think he has a good show. I like Miguel. Um, who else do I like that I've seen You're recently? an R&B girl. I do like R&B. <laughs> um, Beyonce. I went to Rihanna's concert. I went to Drake and Future's concert also. Mm-hmm. But I probably am when it comes to shows. I like when people, like, dance and... Um, choreograph and mm-hmm. all of that so so 
when you go down to Vegas, are you able to keep up your juice and healthy eating and all that? Like- it's a lot easier now than it used to be, I feel like, because mm-hmm. you can always go have like a salad somewhere and mm-hmm. have a smoothie. The thing about the smoothies you have to be careful is you don't want the fruit to be frozen or puree or where they add like a lot of sugar and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you always should ask for whatever the fresh fruit is in there and tell them not to add anything. To whatever it. DJ Envy does not get. <laughs> right. Yeah. No frozen donuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do wheatgrass shots now and I had never done that before but now um i do that so i'm getting used to the taste of it still so you and styles and any other members of d-block oh envy too Mm -hmm. wow Charlemagne just didn't want in (laughs) i think well the way it happened was um i was like we need one in brooklyn so Mm -hmm. envy always talks about investing like me and him have these conversations like we have um we use the same stockbroker and everything Mm -hmm. so i was like you know if i do it would you be interested because Charlemagne had never had those talks like me and envy bought houses in detroit i don't know if Charlemagne's necessarily interested in doing that or not or, or he Yo, has his own things your portfolio is just like very diverse yeah. yeah he's going yeah I have invested in the stock market which was all new to me mm-hmm. and then um, I bought three houses in Detroit also that's awesome so which is nice. M&M's, right. yeah. Paul Rosenberg. I wish. And, uh, <laughs> so I knew that bizarre. he's... Yeah. Me and Envy talk about investing, and it's a thing we talk about on the show all the time. So I just told him, I said, I'm going to go meet with Styles P. If you want to come, maybe you'd be interested. you know. And he was like, yeah. So we went to Styles P's video shoot and mm. bum rushed him. And <laughs> That's always where the best business gets done, by the way, like at a video shoot. <laughs> but I think he appreciated it. Yeah. I mean, it worked yeah. out because, no, course, to be honest, I had been to the Juices for Life juice bar, the one in Yonkers, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And I love juicing. Like every morning, like I said, I get a juice. And then Envy had started using his little Nutribullet at work and everything. Yeah. And so I told him, I said, I want to open one in Brooklyn. And he was like, okay, I'm down. You know, I think sometimes people say that too. And they're like, go ahead and find a spot. And right. do this, do this work. So I was like, okay. Yeah. And I found the spot. I came back like I got the spot. I got this. I had one of my friends that I, my best friend from high school that went to Syracuse that I um, didn't go. Yeah, but right, anyway, right, yeah, yeah. she's a, um, she does real estate law for um, the malls and everything. Wow. So she did our whole contract for us. Amazing. Yeah, the lease and everything. So it was nice. Everything just fell into place. And I was able to get that done. And then on Styles' behalf, his one of his partners, Leo, actually got us the developer who was going to build everything. And then I worked with him on what I wanted it to look like. That's they kept awesome. being like, Angela, you can make those decisions. So it was fun for me because I made all the decisions as far as like what it was going to look like. Right. So it looks like my living room. Okay. <laughs> when you go to the juice bar, people are like, this looks like your house. But, um, What's I, the thing that most looks like your living room in there? Chandeliers and the um, brick wall. Okay, <laughs> but I did. I definitely put a chandelier in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. What's what's the like? Sorry, uh, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> and Santi's husband did a mural on the wall in there. You know, he does the Gucci Go stuff, so he did mm-hmm. the mural in the juice bar um, for us. It's beautiful. I love it. That's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled in all my favors. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> By the way, here. did your brother do the video for Santi's? It's the um, interactive video. Yeah. yeah, my brother did that. Yeah, that's awesome. I told you he's smart. Yeah, I don't even know what to talk about, but he's smart. That was an amazing. <laughs> that was an amazing video. Like uh-huh. you could you could integrate yourself into Santi's video through your camera. And yeah, it, they like, can't get enough of myself. Yeah, if you look at if you have the video app on your phone, this is like the first interactive video. Right. And they yeah, so Santi wanted to do it, so she hit up my brother, and so basically you. Um, open the app and then the song starts playing and then you, you're supposed to be looking at it and then you appear on like the billboards or in her sunglasses the or in the rear view mirror yeah. newspaper your face is in the video so you could be in the video yeah. which I thought was really cool when Charlemagne got those bottles sent to him by Drake <laughs> did he share any of those or was I it... have one yes okay. <laughs> I actually
actually, I coordinated that for him with Mr. Morgan. Wow. Oh, yeah. So somehow you got cut out of all the credit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I don't. Listen. No, because Mr. Morgan and I have known each other because of Cypher. He's right, yeah, exactly, exactly. So he had hit me up and was like, okay, what's the address? We're going to send some bottles. And I told him, he didn't believe me. I was like, Jake's going to send you some bottles. He was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and the next day. Meanwhile, when It's the Real stops by and drops off that payola, yeah, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing um, get it. Yeah, that is payola, I guess. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> congratulations on an amazing career that's taken so many like turns and moved forward the whole way. Congratulations on voting today. Thank you. Congratulations on your new um, juice bar. Thank you. And uh, the book club. And and most importantly, I'm the Hennessy book, book club. Yes. It's not a Hennessy book club. Yes, it is. But Drink I do Hennessy enjoy and Hennessy. read. Yeah. I do enjoy Hennessy. Drink responsibly, read responsibly. <laughs> Is it for people 21 and over? Um, no. <laughs> I just happen to be drinking Hennessy and uh, do an ad for it. I just said no. <laughs> I see you guys have an interesting book. Things I've Learned from Women Who Dump Me. Yeah. Whose yeah. book is that? That's uh, It's all of ours collectively. Oh, yeah. and sorry. Yeah. Well, we didn't write it. <laughs> <laughs> but you read it. That's yeah. right. As you're going through something. That's, yeah. Well, you know. It's like a self-help book. Yeah. I like how you picked that one out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have good eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming through. Well, thank you guys for having no, me. No, our pleasure. Welcome now, back. Again, just tell DJ Envy to come through. And, and yeah, we'll have you guys have... been having problems booking him? Listen, he's very, very hard to... He's Is very he? cranky in the morning. I he know, keeps yeah. drinking soda and, and eating donuts. Uh, hey, I'll yeah. set it up, okay? <laughs> thank you. I'll set it up for you guys. You know, he has his podcast now, too, with uh, his wife. No, really? did not know that. The Casey Crew is actually pretty entertaining. It's him really? and his wife, and they're talking about their relationship. And, you know, I think it would be helpful for people because they have been together a long time. They have five kids. They've been through a lot together. Sure. But what, what's your favorite car of DJ Envy's? I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I don't know a lot about cars. So I know that he came to the juice bar opening in his Ferrari and locked his <laughs> keys in the trunk. <laughs> and then he asked his wife to come and bring the spare keys. And she was like, I'm not going to pack the five kids in the car <laughs> to come to Brooklyn to bring you the keys. So he sent an Uber oh to get God. the keys and bring it to him. And he looked so stupid standing outside. <laughs> And the cops kept telling him to move his car, and he was like, I can't. The keys are in the trunk. So I was like, dude, you don't have OnStar or anything? And he was like, no, I don't. And so, <laughs> so I saw that like all night that day, so I guess that's a nice car. That is. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> that was so great. Thanks, Andy. No problem. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Waste Time with It's The Real. Jeff, if people want to find this podcast somewhere on the World Wide Web, where can they go? You can always go to yahoo.com and search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real. We are on iTunes, A Waste of Time with It's The Real. We are on SoundCloud, search for A Waste of Time. We are on uh, Twitter at It's The Real, Instagram at It's The Real, uh, Snapchat at It's It's The Real, and It's The Real Eric because It's The Real was taken. Are we still promoting Facebook or do we not like Facebook? Facebook, we are It's The Real. We are also Jeff Rosenthal and Eric Rosenthal. Always find us there with our rapid political views. Here's the thing. We're at Loudspeakers Network and they do a great job for us so far. So far, so good. But it doesn't work without the people. It doesn't move forward without the people mm. so what i'm gonna need all you people to do mm. is tell a friend about a waste of time with it's the real jeff it starts with us do you have a friend you would like to tell i got a couple friends no no no. do you have a couple friends you want to tell them oh well <laughs> i don't know all right well let's find out all right well 
so one again, I'm sick. Uh, and so I asked people to send me soup on really? Snapchat. Thanks did for anyone, watching. Did that, did that come through? People sent the soup emoji. So shouts to Emilio Estevez, Emily O Estevez on Snapchat. Shouts to Irene on Snapchat. Okay. Um, also, I don't know anybody who follows me on Snapchat. Okay. Them. But I'm gonna need all those people, yeah. Emily, Irene, all your Snapchat followers. Yeah. Tell people to listen, subscribe, rate, comment, get involved. With a waste of time with It's The Real now on the Loudspeakers Network. Jeff, I would like to tell Don B. from the DMV. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, he has his own podcast, by the way. A loyal listener. Don, go tell people about this podcast. Send Jeff some soup. Everybody should send me soup. I need soup. We're going to do this podcast again next week. Uh, we have our friends Boss Nod and Big Waz coming up. Mm. And after that, got another guest. And after that, maybe some more. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Fuck the fuck, fuck the fuck, the fuck.